Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in Acts 20 and we'll be going through and reading uh, reading that. For those of you who um, are reading this or listening to this on the 19th, happy Father's Day. I hope you all have a wonderful day with your family, that you'll fellowship with them, love them, and just enjoy yourself. Before we get started, let's go ahead and uh, start with a word of prayer. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all that you've done and that all, all, all that you've given us. It's incredible when we think about it, that you, the creator of all, love us, know us, and care about each and every one of us, down to the point where you know the hairs on our head, even if we're bald. And Father, I just, uh, I'm so grateful. I pray today as we read that you'd be honored and glorified, you'd be the one who speaks to us, and that you would be the one that we hear. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> so, we have Paul, and he's going through Macedonia and Greece. And uh, so I'm just going to get started here. In chapter 20, verse 1. Just remember, in 19, there was that huge uproar in the town. It took a city official to quiet the people down with the threat that, hey, the Romans are going to come in here and... Uh, Hear that there's riots and they're going to go and wipe us out. So, or exact their their justice. So, anyways, verse one. When the uproar had ended, had ended, Paul sent for the disciples and, after encouraging them, said goodbye and set out for Macedonia. He traveled through that area, speaking many words of encouragement to the people, and finally arrived in Greece, where he stayed three months, because some Jews had plotted against him. Just as he was about to sail for Syria, he decided to go back through Macedonia. He was accompanied by Sopitar, son of Phyrus from Berea, Aristocras, and Secondus from Thessalonica. I don't know if I'd want to be named Secondus. Secondus. I'd rather be Firstus. Anyways, that's his arrogance. Sorry. Uh, Gaius from Derby. Timothy also and Tychius and Troph Trophimus from the province of Asia. These men went on ahead and waited for us at Traus. But we sailed from Philippi after the festival of unleavened bread, and five days, five days later joined them at Traus, where we stayed seven days. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. There were many lamps in the upstairs upstairs room where we were meeting. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. So it doesn't happen just on Sundays with our pastor. It happened here to Paul too. <clears throat> when he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, and put his arms around him. Don't be alarmed, he said, he's alive. Then he went upstairs again and broke bread and ate. After talking until daylight, he left. The people took the young man home alive and were greatly comforted. We went on ahead on to the ship and sailed for Assos, where we were going to take Paul aboard. He had made this arrangement because he was going there on foot. When he met us at Assos, 
We took him in on board and went on to Mytilene. The next day, we set sail from there and arrived off Chios. The day after that, we crossed over to Samos and on the following day, arrived at Miletus. Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus to avoid spending time in the province of Asia, for he was in a hurry to reach Jerusalem, if possible, by the day of Pentecost. From Miletus, Paul sent, sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. Man, some of these names are challenging. <clears throat> when they arrived, he said to them, You know how I, I lived the whole time I was with you, from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worthy, worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock, of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. So it's quite the exhortation to be on your guard, to be aware of false teachings and just people who will, who will bring wrong thoughts, wrong messages into the church. Even from among your own men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed up. I showed you that by this kind of kind of hard work, we, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. They grieved them most. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. So Paul is moving on. He's been told by the Holy Spirit that it's time for him to go and that there's going to be incredible hardships. And Paul doesn't shy away from it because he knows he has a God who takes care of him, loves him, and cares for him. And we all have a God like that, and we all, we all have the same God, and he loves us and he cares for us. What's interesting, and as I started reading and thinking about this, is our Father in Heaven 
loves us more than we could ever know. And he's there and wants to worship with us. And our message of what God is and the type of father that that he is, it can be really quite challenging. And I was listening or I was reading, um, I was reading Tozer as I went through the scripture and he had some pretty interesting thoughts and there, there's one of those is, is here from his book, the pursuit of man. He writes, wherever faith has been original, wherever it has proved itself to be real, it has invariably had upon it a sense of the present of present God. The Holy Scriptures possess them in marked degrees, this feeling of actual encounter with a real person. The men and women of the Bible talked with God. They spoke to him and heard him speak in words they could understand. With him, they held person-to-person interaction and a sense of shining reality is upon their words and deeds. It was this that filled with abiding wonder the first members of the Church of Christ, the solemn delight with those early disciples New sprang straight from the conviction that there was one in the midst of them. They knew that the majesty in the heavens was confronting them on earth. They were in the very presence of God, and the power of that conviction was that conviction to arrest attention and hold it for a lifetime, to elevate, to transform, to fill with uncomfortable, uncontrollable moral happiness, to send men singing to prison and to death, has been one of the wonders of history and a marvel of the world. So they knew and they fellowshiped with God as a person. And it's incredibly important to understand that that's who he is and what we can have. It happens when we understand that he wants that, who he is, he's God, and he wants to fellowship with us on a daily basis. So with that, I'm just going to close with a word of prayer. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word and your teachings. I'm grateful for this Father's Day when we get to think about you, our great Father, and that we get to go and also think about our own earthly fathers and being fathers. I just pray and I lift up this time. I lift up this day and ask that you be honored and glorified by all that we do and say. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me. Uh, just a guy and his journey back to God. I hope you have a great day.